1: Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we're joined right now by Mallory Wegman. She is a Paralympian gold medalist and world champion swimmer who has just qualified for the Tokyo Games. Mallory, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I, 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 I just kind of want to ask, like, how how does it feel? Like, I, I we follow the careers of athletes, and it is such a high bar to get to the Paralympics, to get to the Olympics. You guys work so hard for this one moment. And I was reading um, that you actually qualified in the first by swimming in the first pool that you swam in at 18 when you were first considering doing this. Can you just talk a little bit about what that what that moment was like?
0: You know, I admittedly it's still a little bit surreal. I think I think that these games in particular we have waited so long for. Um, they were supposed to, as many know, be the summer of 2020, and due to the pandemic and COVID, they've been postponed to 2021. And so, you know, navigating this last these last 18 months really, and to get to this point is is such a feat in itself. And I think we're all so beyond excited. And proud that we are to a point where we are able to safely have these games and we've, we've gotten through the past 18 months. And I think, you know, when you look at the journey and step back even before that, you're, you're spot on. I, I was paralyzed when I was 18 years old and I have been a lifelong swimmer. I started competing when I was seven years old and have always loved the sport and loved the water But when I was paralyzed, I I just didn't think that that was something I would do again. And just a couple months after my paralysis, when I got home from the hospital, my family and I read a newspaper article on a Saturday morning, and it was about the 2008 trials for the Beijing Paralympics, which were being hosted Mm -hmm. at the University of Minnesota pool. And we went as a spectator that night, and it was my first (laughs) exposure to the Paralympic movement. And just 48 hours later, I went back to the University of Minnesota pool and I, I got in the water for the first time following my paralysis. And this past weekend, I got to 13 years later, raced my way to my third Paralympic Games in that very pool.
2: With a personal vest. Lot- oh, yeah.
0: With think a career best, yes. And, you know, I'll admit, ladies, I'm 32. And while that's <laughs> young, as an athlete that's getting older and you start to wonder how many career bests you're going to get when you get older, because that means you're racing your, you know, 20-year-old self at that point.
2: Oh, true. One of the questions I have is, I think a lot of people um, who watch the Paralympics are curious about the Paralympics you know, may have a more even existential and profound question, which is how does how do you go from, um, you know, processing your change in circumstances um, and then end up at, you know what, I'm going to try out for the Olympics. (laughs) Um, There's I feel like there's such a big gap between, you know, even even the mindset of I'm going to be resilient. I'm I'm going to be positive and optimistic and continue to live my life and live my best life, even in these new circumstances, there's a big gap between that mentality and taking that mentality and channeling it into training for the Olympic Games. Can you talk a bit about that that gap? Because I feel like not every not every person who has this change in circumstances ended, ends up as a para-Olympian, but I feel like there's something about you in particular that probably drives you to that that point that place of excellence and I just want to know what that is how do you get there that's something I need to we all I think we all need a little bit of that
0: (laughs) yeah no I think that's a great question and you know the truth is it's just like how you know every individual doesn't end up as an Olympian right so you know in the Paralympic movement all of us have some sort of physical disability and some individuals are born with their, with their impairments and some occur them later in life through, you know, some sort of accident or trauma. And, and for me, it incurred later in life. And, and there is, there's a big gap from being paralyzed at 18 to being here 13 years later and being named to my third team. And I think that at the end of the day, what I love most about the Paralympic movement is how it showcases the human spirit Mm -hmm. and, you know, we as Paralympians are elite athletes and we're fierce competitors and the training that we put in is just absolutely unreal when you really think about it because it's matched to that of our Olympic counterparts. And then you add to the fact that we're dealing with, you know, other circumstances beyond just the day-to-day grind and training that we need to kind of, you know, work through with our bodies on. And so, you know, but you look at that, and I think one of the biggest things is the Paralympic movement really showcases possibility. And for us as athletes, and myself in particular, I think that mindset shift after my paralysis to understanding that, well, I couldn't control January 21st, 2008, which was the day of my injury, I did have a choice in how I moved forward with it. And I think knowing that no no one of us has control over the circumstances that occur in our life. Unfortunately, that's, that's just not how this works. But we do get to choose how we react. And, you know, whether that leads you to a Paralympic Games or whether that leads you to putting the pieces back together after trauma and loss and navigating your way through, whether that's reaching that just personal goal you've had your entire life of, you want to you run a 5K. You want to go back to college as an adult and finish school. You want to, and the list could go on, it's understanding that every single one of us is going to have roadblocks that pop up in life. We're going to have unforeseen circumstances that come about and, and throw us off course a little bit. And well, that can create, you know, a bit of a detour, it, it doesn't, it's not to say that it is, it's an, it's the, end of the road for us. And I think mm. that there's just that awareness that whatever it is in life and whatever happens and whatever goals we have, we have a choice in this. And I think that's where this limitless mindset comes in that I kind of take to things. And that was the, that's the title of, of my book, but it's also a way of being in so many ways. It's that way of understanding that we are more than our circumstances.
1: Mm. And that is so important for young people to be able to see i mean it, the idea that you at 18 having recently experienced a trauma were watching these elite athletes accomplish something that you know <laughs> average mortals can't <laughs> um and now you're in the pool accomplishing those things you have to be so aware of the 18 year old who might be in the stands that night, like you having, having had that experience yourself, you have to be so aware of what you are showing, um, young people who might be dealing with similar circumstances. Do you, do you think about that before you race? I do. I I really do.
0: You know, this, this weekend was admittedly extremely emotional. Um, you know, I got to the pool I'm sure. for warm-up before competition started, and, and I looked over to lane one, and, and it's like, all I have to do on that pool deck is look around, and I can feel my entire story unfold. I, I walked on that pool deck. I had been on that pool deck and in those stands before my paralysis. And then, you know, you look to lane one, and, and that's where I got in, and, and I can see the by looking at that spot, I can still feel that, that heartbreak I felt in that moment of just battling with how much my life had changed. And, you know, looking to the black line on the bottom of the pool in each lane, that's where I hovered for two years as I pieced my life back together and began healing after my injury spiritually and mentally and emotionally. And, and I think that, you know, this weekend was unique in the fact that unfortunately we were not able to have spectators at these trials due to COVID protocols. But, you know, before my final race Saturday night, so I am the 50-meter freestyle, and I looked up to that railing that I hung over 13 years ago and looked down to the pool deck at the swimmers that were swimming with complete and utter awe. And while we didn't have spectators in the stands, we had remarkable coverage that was done on – on Peacock through NBC and live streaming. And so I knew far and wide there were individuals watching. And I think at this stage in my career, there's that understanding that what I do when I get behind the starting blocks is about something so much larger than myself. And while I'm a competitor and I have fierce goals as a competitor, at the end of the day, how my hand meets that wall and who I choose to be is is a bigger, has the ability to have a much bigger impact than any singular results. And I think that's something that is really humbling in this process and understanding that somewhere out there, there is, whether it's 18, whether, you know, she's a boy or girl, whatever it might be, there is a young individual somewhere out there who is watching these trials, saw them unfold, and felt empowered by what they saw and it will have a fundamental change on their life. And I truly believe that. And if not one, probably more. And there's something remarkable about that and understanding that we as Paralympic athletes, yes, there is fierce competition, but what we represent is a community that is so often underrepresented and is so often not, not seen in our society. And so the individuals that look up to us at times also happen to be in that same demographic, and we are their path forward. We are their light that they can look and see that there is representation. There are "quote unquote" people like them out in this world who are being celebrated for the very thing that society tells us we should be ashamed of.
1: Do you? What's the thing. How do you feel about? Oh, sorry, Z, go ahead.
2: I was just going to ask about um, coverage of the Paralympics in comparison to um, the Olympic Games that um, features other athletes, right? So it's it's happening. It's, it's not at the exact same time, um, but a lot of the promotion that happens before and the commercials and all of the advertising, um, you know, happens at the same time. And it says, like, Paralympic Games, and I'll have the dates. But I... I I do feel like recently it feels like there's a more robust effort to make sure that the promotion of both um, is equivalent Um, from the perspective of an athlete. Do you feel like um, the Olympic Games writ large, um, you know, does a good enough job in highlighting the excellence and really, I mean, amazing, um, athletes, uh, in the Paralympic games in the same way that they do with, um, the Olympic games, uh, trademark. Yeah,
0: that's that's a great question. And, you know, they, they do, and there's been, there's been a huge shift and so much momentum that's carried us to this moment. And, you know, we have growth, of course, but where we are today is, is literally night and day from where we were in 2008 and 2012. And, you know, honestly, even 2016, since the 2016 Games, the United States Olympic Committee has renamed to the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. And so Mm -hmm. the Paralympics Mm -hmm. are included in the name of our national organization. And I think that what's remarkable about that is now the charge is we are one, Team USA. We are Team USA, right? Olympic and Paralympic. And while the games are separated by two weeks, and while the Olympics will will go off first and we will be at home finishing our final training and proudly cheering for our Team USA counterparts who are over there before we go just a few weeks after, um, there has been a big push in that, and, and you won't see a single Olympic, Paralympic commercial on TV that doesn't have at the end of it the Olympic rings, and the Paralympic Agitos side by side. And, and that's remarkable. And, and it's, it's so needed, and it's, it's something that's happened after years of advocating and hard work from generations of athletes and, and members of the movement. And so to be at this point now and know that we're, we're here in 2021 and we have this remarkable runway as we prepare for the L.A. 2028 Games is is truly you know it's it's incredible and it's something that i think we're only going to see more growth and with that we're also going to see some some societal change for the disability community i do fundamentally believe that we've seen that happen in other countries who have hosted games we've seen the long-term impacts for the disability community in their in society in the uk following the london 2012 games and I think that what will happen in the US as we prepare for the 2028 games and what the legacy will be following the 2028 games will, will be a big push for not just the Paralympic movement, but the disability community.
1: That is so important. I am so glad uh, that you've been able to track, um, that you've been able to track an improvement like that over, over just your own, your own career. Are, do you have any concerns about going to Tokyo this year? You know, their vaccination rate isn't as good as, as ours are. I'm not sure how many Paralympians are dealing with autoimmune issues. Do, is that something that you all are, are discussing? Or is it like you just got to put it aside and and swim inhumanly fast?
0: <laughs> you know, it it's a reality that we're facing, right? And I think the biggest thing that we all understand at this point is COVID isn't something that just impacted us here in the US. It's something that happened and has affected every corner of our world and is still affecting every corner of our world. And there's been so much devastation in these past 18 months. And I think that through this time, we've had a perspective shift of understanding that we quite literally can only control what we can control. Um, And we've also had time logistically as a team and as an organization to to really step back and create a protocol moving forward for these games to make sure they are as safe as they can be. and And I will say that as an athlete, i am I'm blown away with what the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee has done. i I'm so grateful for their transparency through this journey and through the guidance that they've given to us athletes and and you know there there's robust protocols that are going to be in place for us in Tokyo for the protection of us but also for the protection of you know every other individual that we will come in contact with and and i think that you know i'm i'm so grateful that these games are able to happen and and i do believe that these protocols will help make sure that the Tokyo games are safe and athletes and, and everybody involved will stay healthy, and it will allow for an opportunity for our world to come together after what has been an extremely challenging 18 months. And it yeah. can be that beacon of light for us to see, you know, yes, it's going to be different. There aren't going to be spectators in the way we're used to. There's all of these things that have changed. But at the end of the day, we are going to see athletes from each corner of our world that have been impacted through COVID, come together and, and, and kind of be that symbol that a Games naturally every four years already is. But at a time like this, when we've never faced anything like this before in our lifetimes, I think it's more needed than ever. And so um, I'm excited for, for what that will be. And I'm, I'm very confident that everybody involved in the planning at the international level for the Tokyo Games themselves, and then at the domestic level, for Team USA, are are doing what they need to do to make sure these are a safe games.
1: We could it's certainly so use some inspiration right now. <laughs>
0: yes, and the Olympics
2: are literally one of my favorite things, um, and so I'm so excited to watch the Olympics and the Paralympics this this year.
1: Yes, Valerie Wegman, uh... thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. It's been truly uh, an honor to talk to you, and and we wish you you the best of luck. Yes, good luck. Thank you so much, ladies. I really
0: appreciate it, and um, tune in to, to your Team USA on this summer. Yes.
1: Absolutely. The book is Limitless, The Power of Hope and Resilience to Overcome Circumstance. Thank you again, Mallory. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.